hip-hop legal. Attorney Jaya Person Lin is scheduled to be sentenced on Friday after the jury convicted him of one count of willfully resisting, delaying, or obstructing a peace officer. The conviction stems from his January 2019 arrest at the San Bernardino County Courthouse, where he was tased and tackled before being arrested when courtroom deputies didn't believe he was an attorney because he had a dashiki on. Jive Person Lynn, uh, Jive Person, glad to have you here. This all started because you were wearing dashiki and they didn't believe that you were a lawyer? Yeah, plain and simple. That's it. And, um, you know, thanks for having me. Good to see you. Uh, but that, that's it. Uh, they did not believe me. I told them exactly who I was, what I was there for. And before, I, before the video that you showed uh, started, I tried to pull out my bar card to 
show them I'm in fact an attorney, but I did not get that opportunity. Before that, he pushed me. So the issue with willfully resisting, delaying, or obstructing a police officer, um, and he want to see you in jail for a year because of a shirt yeah, you wore. That's what I'm facing. That's what I'm facing. And at the trial, they recognized it was not resisting. Although you hear him on the audio saying, are you going to stop resisting? They know I never resisted. Um, and so at the trial, it was for delaying or obstructing. So at the part of the video you just showed, when um, he put his hands on me the second time and I put my hand on his and, and his hand left my chest, that is the act, the specific act that the jury said delayed or obstructed him in the lawful performance of his duty. And that three second act is the act that I was convicted of delaying or obstructing him in his duty. So <laughs> what the jury said is the officer can put hands on you and you're supposed to stand there and just take it. That's exactly what they said. It's, it's basically just the, um, the, us realizing that the Dred Scott case is still good law, at least in San Bernardino, San Bernardino County, in which the Supreme Court of the United States uh, wrote, and it's still there on the books today, that for uh, more than a century, we were regarded as inferior beings and so inferior that we could be reduced to slavery for our own benefit and that uh, a black man had no rights that a white man was bound to respect. So that being good law, that being the state of the law, makes sense why I was convicted. Um, but if I was actually a true full citizen of this nation, I would not have been even charged. That officer would have been charged for a battery and assault with a deadly weapon when he shot me with the taser. Uh, are you concerned after the jury uh, took three seconds and uh, convicted you uh, that, uh, and, and who, first of all, who determines what your sentence is going to be? Is it the judge or is it the jury? It's the judge that allowed the jury to act on that. The whole thing from the second I walked through the doors of the courtroom until the time I was tased was under two and a half minutes. But the judge uh, enumerated nine different acts from that one uh, charge in those two and a half minutes to allow the jury to try and convict me on. So they didn't convict me on the other eight, um, but they convicted me on that one act, which, and it was, it, it took the jury seven hours of deliberation, and it was only about seven hours of testimony. So that's a long time to testify. Um, that's, a, that's a long time to deliberate with such short testimony. Uh, but when the judge allowed all of those acts to come in, they figured they had to convict me of something. And they ultimately did. And when I talked to a couple jurors afterwards, one of them told me it wasn't the act of pushing his hand away from you that was the, the guilty act. It was the fact that once you did that, it made him focus on you more. So he followed you out of the, the courtroom, even though I was following their instructions to leave, the fact he followed and nobody asked him to follow is what made me delay him. That was their actual reasoning that they stated why they convicted me. That makes no sense whatsoever. 
It makes no sense at all because what they're saying is if there's an officer on the streets doing DUI patrol, but then they pull me over for using my cell phone while driving, I have now obstructed this officer from doing his DUI patrol duty. And that is the kind of logic that the jury came. The jury of no black people. We were in Rancho Cucamonga. It's eight or nine percent black. Uh, it's 10 percent Asian. But out of the 24 jurors in the jury pool, there were zero blacks and six Asians. Um, and one of the jurors, the juror that told me his reasoning, uh, he, he actually told the judge before the trial that he's not a good juror for this because he believes police are right all the time. So if I didn't do exactly what they said, I'd be wrong. And he even told me if, if the cop pushed him like that, he would have removed his hand, but that's him telling me in his eyes, I'm less than him because if it's right, it's right for him to do it, but not for me to do it. So um, you will learn your fate tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time, correct? Yes, sir. From the same judge that allowed that juror to stay on and allowed those nine acts. And the thing about this uh, statute, it's specific to an officer. So there could be two officers there and I have to delay a specific officer, not just law enforcement in general. So four of the nine acts that uh, the judge enumerated for the jury to decide on were not even against Deputy Barry, who was the white deputy in the video that uh, got physical with me and, and shot me with the taser. Four of them were against the other deputy who testified, I should not have been arrested. I should not have been tased. Um, and but that's imagine that you had a black deputy saying I shouldn't have been arrested or tased. You had a black attorney saying I shouldn't have been arrested and tased in myself. And then a white officer saying it was okay to do in the courtroom. And that's why he pushed me was maintaining the security of the courtroom. And so it's, you know, I don't get it. He also testified when we walked into the vestibule, he had no plans on arresting me. And what I got arrested for happened about a minute before we walked into the vestibule. So for the judge to even allow the jury to uh, make a decision on that was a miscarriage of justice. And then obviously them convicting me was a miscarriage of justice. But a reminder that uh, regardless of what the laws say related to our rights, the status that we had uh, when the Declaration of Independence was written, when they said, when Thomas Jefferson wrote, all men are created equal while holding slaves, that meant from the foundation of this nation until this day, we are less than in this country. And if, if that wasn't enough, we have the Constitution, we have the Dred Scott opinion, and even up until my conviction, it's, it's just a reminder of our status here. All right, then. Uh, well, look, we certainly appreciate you joining us. We'll, we'll wait to see uh, what this decision is tomorrow. Jaya, personally, and we appreciate it, brother. Good luck. And what do you think transpired? Yeah, you guessed it. Uh, Mr. Jaya Person Lin was found guilty and sentenced to one year of probation by an all-white jury that uh, essentially found him to be culpable of coming into a courthouse and trying to represent his client. A spokesperson for the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office doubled down and essentially said that they found that their officers did nothing wrong when it comes to dealing with this attorney. Now, let me just sort of give my opinion on this, uh, just to clarify. 
knowing what we know now, post uh, the insurrection or attempted insurrection, insurrection or coup at the White House, in which law enforcement essentially gave white protesters a pass to go in and try to take the lives of uh, politicians and topple this government. Knowing what we know now and sort of pointing out the hypocrisy and lie of supporting blue lives, can we finally drop this whole act? Those amongst us that are smart enough and honest enough and brave enough to have this conversation, uh, at the very least we can admit that it seems like there's an issue with a particular group. And if I'm honest, it seems like the reason why folks don't want to have a conversation about uh, looking at the finances of uh, law enforcement agencies across the country, uh, and they frame it as defunding the police, but whatever that looks like, the reason why folks don't want to have that conversation is because the uh, law enforcement apparatus in this country seems to be a violent wing of the white supremacist uh, system that exists in America. So it's almost like, let's keep these people in place. Let's keep this system in place. Let's all stay on code and protect the status quo just in case black folks get too rowdy or start to act up. We can let them know that they're not going to be able to do what they want to do, which is gain rights or be able to take advantage of their rights, supposed rights that they have in this country. And this is a prime example of that. The legal industry, um, in my opinion, has created a tremendous amount of compromise and, you know, simply just letting things happen, especially from a black male standpoint, in terms of them not wanting to shake things up too much. You know, and part of it, if I'm honest, is, uh, you know, the fear of being Johnny Cochran, if you will. Um, if you don't know, Johnny Cochran uh, was an outspoken, phenomenal attorney that actually on, on towards the tail end of his life, he was working on getting reparations for black folks. It's one of those things where because we know that the criminal justice apparatus, the white supremacist uh, juggernaut has so many tentacles that exist in various aspects of society that sometimes shaking things up can really be a death sentence. And so the reason why we want to investigate these sort of things and really support these kinds of cases is to do our part because this is bigger than any individual. We now see what's happening in this country and the legal system is the last thing that we have collectively, all of us, to use to make a change.